welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. You know, Joe, we recorded a podcast uh, a week ago. I have watched very little sports since that time. Uh, I didn't realize Virginia Tech being eliminated from the Men's College World Series was going to mean I have zero uh, drive to watch the College World Series. Um, but I do take some satisfaction of the highlights that I've seen in the restaurants I've been in, looking up there and seeing Oklahoma playing well. I mean, they're, you know, if, if someone had to knock off Virginia Tech, I'm glad they didn't just go into the College World Series and fall on their face. They're one game away from playing themselves into the uh, the finals, which is a, you know, best of three series. Um, so uh, they've won their first two games, beating both A&M and Notre Dame. And, and they're going to have to beat one of those teams again to secure their spot in that final. But, you know, there's other teams have more work to do. So I, I'm satisfied with that, but I haven't been watching. And, uh, you know, I've, I went on vacation. We'll talk more about that later. But, yeah, my I didn't watch the finals. I haven't I slept through most of that last week. Uh, but uh, I really haven't been able to catch anything. So what have I been missing out on, Joe? What what do I need to be near, hearing more about um, that I've missed this last week other than, like, your gambling wins? In college baseball, there's no gambling wins. Anything. I'm not Anything. a degenerate. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I knew that the Men's College World Series, I was not going to be able to pay attention to whether Virginia Tech was in it or not just because of what I do at night. Um, but It was handy. Which is, which like is strictly legal. I know saying just what I do at night sometimes maybe could potentially be taken the wrong way. I'll talk about that here in a minute. But, um <laughs> It was handy that I went on this vacation if Virginia Tech wasn't playing because mm-hmm. there was no live television at the at the house I was staying in, so I would have had some problems. That uh, sounds awful. Would, would have been low low battery. We were busy. We'll talk yeah, about that later. We will. I we was, will. I, it worked out that we didn't that... have to design our family vacation around my cell phone signal. So, well, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, but yeah, so. I guess I would say in the NBA, you had the Warriors. They won yeah. the title. Um, yeah. That did that. You know, you said other than gambling wins, but that was a gambling win. Um, that's the first future that's actually come home. Um, it was nice to get a win there. Uh, the Warriors won it in six. So they were gentlemen. They were super gentlemen because uh, they let the Warriors win really too. Really nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but they were down 2-1. They were down 2-1 yeah. at that point. So you you could look at that like, oh, man, this is going the other way. I, I mean, I started shifting when the Celtics went up 2-1. But, you know, then the Warriors take control from there. And I, I, I think I hit on this a little bit last week. I just I, – I have a respect for him. I do not like the team. Like, it's not who I've been rooting for. Draymond Green continues to double down on why I don't like him. But Curry's an all-time kind of guy. I mean, he's – I don't know what he is all-time, but he is all-time. Um you know, is, is he one of the four best players ever? I'm not putting him up there, but is he the best shooter of all time? I, it, I don't know Maybe. how I'm arguing against that. And, you know, I know Larry Bird, and, and there's a lot of players that you would want to mention in, in response to that, and all of those guys are Hall of Fame all-time players. So Curry is already up there and just solidifying that with more titles in the sport where titles seem to get tied to your greatness the most. Um, they've won the four titles in eight years. They went to the – they. That was after a stretch where they went to the finals five straight years. Uh, They won those middle two with Durant, but they won one without him. They won the two with him, and now they've won one after him. So it's it's not a Durant-dependent situation. So I have so much respect for what they do there and Steve Kerr 
And, and I mean, all they've done is win with him there. Uh, yeah, they didn't miss the playoffs the last two years, but um, it was pretty obvious you know, injuries and stuff like that. That was that was the problem there for them to come all the way back and then and win it this year. It's just they deserve the respect and no one no one can talk crap on them right now. And I know people are trying on Twitter, but there's no room for it. They they deserve all that respect because they're a dynastic team and and solidified that here with the fourth and eight years when you're when you win half. You know, the Spurs went on that stretch, went in like every other year and stuff. And yeah, they were dynastic too. So, you know, you don't have to just six peat, uh, or, you know, two, three peats right. or something like the Bulls did. You know, the Lakers had their time. The Celtics have had their time. And and now the Warriors have had theirs. And, you know, when you look at a lot of those Celtics titles were pre-merger. So yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. It's, it's impressive to see what Golden State has been able to do. Um in the modern NBA because they, as you said, they won one before Durant, they won two with him and then they've now won one without him. And to me, that does kind of, it elevates Steph Curry. I already thought Steph Curry was, you know, going to go down as one of the all time grades, but winning a fourth title now is like, okay, this guy is legit. Um, the biggest knock on him before had been, well, he's never been finals MVP. And I'm like, okay, well. He is now. Yeah, now he is. And um, I also think, you know, like, you're taking an entire season and postseason and then saying, all right, well, but he wasn't the best during, you know, this six or seven or how many ever games the finals are stretch. Like, I'm like, okay, but if you look at his whole year, like, he's going to be the MVP. best player. Yeah, so – it it was bizarre to me, um, but I'm glad that he's able to do it. I like Steph Curry. Um, I think yeah. he's awesome, and uh, it's cool to see them see them beat Boston. Who I will never root for a team from Boston in anything for any reason, no matter what. I I, I think it's interesting for the whole all time discussion aspect that he has the same amount of titles as LeBron, and I know LeBron gets the more attention and all that, but like, you know, Curry's lost finals. He's been to the finals a bunch of times. He's lost some, but he's, he's won four and that's the same as LeBron. So like during the same era, during the same time, he has won as much as, as LeBron has. And so, um, I, they're two very different players. And if I'm starting a team with one of those guys in their prime, I'm, I'm, pro I'm still taking LeBron. I'm not, I'm not yeah. trying to come off that, but like, it, it is interesting you know, and you don't even have to, you know, well, the nineties were different when you start comparing people to My Michael Jordan or you're the eighties were different. Cause you're comparing to magic Johnson, you know, these are, these guys played at the same time and they've won the same amount. So like they, they're, they belong on the same plateau somewhere. And, and I just don't know what that number is. I like, I was, someone was debating, is he a top five players? He top 10 players, he top 15 player. And it's just like, I, I, you know, I, I can't come up with that. And I start making a list and then I realize somebody I forgot. And, you know, is he top 10? I think greatest shooter of all time probably deserves to be in the top 10, but I, I don't know if he is. I, I say, I think say. he's better than top 10. I mean, I think you will that down. He might be a top oh. three shooter of all time. Like in terms of shooting. No, 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 no. I'm saying player. I'm saying. Yeah. Top but 10 then you said player. in terms of top shooter, top he probably shooter. does deserve to be top 10 and top shooter. He's changed the game. Oh yeah. Like I think he's top shooter. I I'll listen to debates. I'm not just as soon as it he out. crosses I'm half court, court, you have to be ready for him to pull up and make a shot. I mean, yeah, 
I, I, this isn't my Michael Jordan argument where it's like, it's Michael Jordan. I don't want to talk about it. You know, this is, I think it's Curry. Who, do, who from your area are you putting up at me? You know, who, who did you watch? That was better. Um, so I, I think he's top shooter, but it's just like, where does top shooter land in the top player overall? Yeah. And so it's just, and I think it's debatable I, and, it, and it's not done yet. So I think that that matters too. And that's what I keep saying for LeBron stuff, you know, after he wins a championship during the pandemic, I said it for him. It's not over yet. We still got to see more. I think it might comparing, be over. We start comparing back to old players that we know their entire careers. We need to see how this ends out for him. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's been more negative these last, this last little stretch with the Lakers, especially not making the playoffs this year. Um, but, you know, if he won the next two after that, then, like, it would have shifted it. They, you know, like, he's not, I'm probably still not saying better not than Jordan. with the Lakers, he's not. They don't have the – they're not going to be able to move some of those contracts. No, I was just saying at the pandemic is when I was yeah. saying that. Like, we've got to see how this ends out. Like, at this moment, I'm not saying he's better than Jordan. I, I'm, I'm getting hung up on this. I'm not meaning to. Um, I think with Curry, let's see how this plays out, and I'll see where – where in the top 10 we're going to be or, or is he not in the top 10? And, and, and what does that matter when we get on this list and when you're on the short list of greatest players of all time in this league that have had such incredible players, I think sometimes it, I think we get hung up on, are they 11th or 12th? It doesn't matter. Like they're, they're one of the best ever. And if he's the best shooter ever, then what, then what does it matter? And, and so I, I know if like- I need someone to go out there and light it up from three, we're way down and we need to make it up from threes. I'm sending Curry out. So let's go do this. I was just say, you're not going to like this, but you sound very Dan Levitard there on it. doesn't matter if he's 11 or 12. Why do we get hung up on that? Like, he's one of the greatest. I, Can we just appreciate he's one of the greatest? <laughs> I, I, I guess at some point, you and Patrick Height have gotten confused with me, like, not enjoying that show of saying, like, I must have said Dan Levitard is useless and no good and nothing he says is good. There is interesting things that guy does on his show, and he does some good things. I just overall don't enjoy it. And then I get, I think you need to come back to it. I get the show. I understand what they're going for. It's just not what I'm here for. I I, go listen to old man, Tony talk. I know. And I like Tony and I like some (laughs) of what Tony does. And unfortunately for, I might go back now that I have more time to listen to podcasts. Um, but I just, yeah. Uh, for, for me, what they do is in addition to this, like they have the sports talk, but then they also goof around and the goof around is, what keeps me around but yeah that's fine i was there i've been there for it and i just i've 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 put a lot enough hours to know it's just not for me and i'm not saying it shouldn't be on air it's just not for me well it's not on air it's on podcast now so um well as tony is too so yeah <laughs> tony got kicked off espn too so i don't <laughs> but the other big league they're going to they started a week later than the NBA, but they're going to crown a champion shortly thereafter. Um, the NHL, your avalanche won both games in Colorado, 4-3 in overtime, and then game two was a bit of a shell shock where they absolutely lit Vasilevsky and the Lightning up 7 nothing in game two. I was, honestly, I was floored. When I looked at the score, I was like, whoa, all right. I am officially scared about that Lightning winning the Stanley Cup bet. Um, but tonight, the Lightning have rebounded. They're up 6-2 to two in Game 3, midway through the third. Um, barring an epic meltdown from the Lightning, they will pull it back to 2-1. Tampa Bay was down 0-2 against the Rangers and yeah. then knocked them right out. I'm, I'm not shocked the Lightning come home and win. Like, that doesn't 
shock me. Six two might be a little more separation, but I, you know, I'm not shaking yet. I just it doesn't it doesn't surprise me the Avalanche don't win this game. Uh, I I will hope they can rebound in game. Game four, four is a big one. If the Lightning win yeah. game four and it's two two, then yeah. then things get interesting, and I'm really interested in see when it goes back to the arena formerly known as the Pepsi Center. I don't know what they call it now in Colorado, but um, the same Blink One Eighty Two songs there. Mr. Brightside's not. Um, At Colorado, they sang a Blink-182 song the other day. Oh, oh that's right. It wasn't Mr. Brightside. It was... Um, Leland sometimes does say correct things. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. <laughs> I saw it on Twitter. I know what you're talking about. I liked it. That's probably how you saw it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just an avid Avalanche fan. <laughs> yeah. But uh, honestly, I agree with what the tweet said. Um, I was like, yeah. Get Sweet Caroline out and that song in. Um, but yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Major League Baseball because um, the Yankees just are dominant. They're nine and one in their last ten, and that was already from probably the. But you know who's team. coming off a series win against the Tampa Bay Rays? Your Baltimore Orioles. Only yeah, eight games under five hundred. Here come the O's. My my pirates called up O'Neill Cruz. That's what I'm excited about right now. We we are we finally uh, brought up the guy that should have been up from day one. Well, I can't wait playing, to see him as a Chicago Cub in three years. Oh, he'll be a Dodger. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I mean, we got to talk some Valley League baseball. I I think you know this is one of these summer episodes, and so we need to talk about just a bunch of different things. And uh, there's no one to do that better than uh, with than George Loss. I think it's time we just jump into it and talk to Coach Loss about Valley Baseball League, talk about uh, his time at Stanton High School, and talk about everything that, that Loss wants to talk about. That's that's what we're here for, right? So, uh, Coach, thanks for coming on with us. I know you've been on – I think you were technically a 4D uh, um, guest last time, but we used it on the Yak Sports co- podcast, but – uh, we're going to still count that. You, this, you know, you're on a multiple time. You're a friend of the podcast always. Thanks for coming on with us again. Hey, thanks for having me. We appreciate you guys. And anytime, like we talk about, anytime you need anything, it's always an honor and pleasure to be on this. So thank you for taking the time to give me a shot to be here. So, uh, you know, I want to lead with Valley Baseball League and talk about your time at Strasburg, but all it does is just turn the knife in my heart that uh, you're still not our coach at Stanton. Um, you know, something I never thought should have ever been different than that. Uh, but uh, I'm glad that you're coaching in the BBL. I'm glad you had that good time in Harrisonburg because, you know, you, you picked up a wife in that process during that time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's the 2-0 pitch I was looking for my whole life. So, uh, I can't say that, uh, you know, I missed out on that opportunity. Yeah, and so everything's worked out perfectly for you to now be at Strasburg. And you guys uh, have been so successful uh, there uh, under your lead and uh, continue to be you're in great position this year uh not quite midway through the summer but you know you know talk about this first part of the season here and getting getting things going with uh you know a, mostly a new group of guys but also guys coming back yeah we we were blessed this year that we had uh, up to 13 returners uh we still got a couple guys that are coming in this week with uh graham brown who played with coastal carolina and cam Clanch who was with east carolina so uh, as we get a little bit more solid pop in the lineup, you know, we've had to change our plans from what we did last year to this year. So um, last year, as you know, we had some guys that could hit the baseball out of the ballpark and our 
you know, our first bank ballpark is hitter friendly. So uh, this year with not as much power that came into town, we've had to alter our stance a little bit. And that's something that you do as a coach is you manage your strategy around what you have. So when we're giving, um, you know, given a chance to hit the ball, we're going to hit the long ball. But when we have guys that can run and that are as athletic as what we have this year, we have to take advantage of trying to get them on, get them over, get them in. So it's not always small ball that wins at first bank, but, you know, on the road, we've really done a great job of uh, just manufacturing runs when we can't put the ball in play. Good things will happen. Sometimes the defense this year, and I've noticed it throughout the league, has been down. So as, um, you know, the summer goes and some of the guys get the rust out and, and the reps and, the opportunity to play consistently and just get back in the flow of things. I think, you know, the league's going to polish up all the way around, but it's, it's been a blast. Uh, you know, having that many kids want to come back was just a uh, icing on the cake to show that we had such a great uh, representation last year in the league. We were fortunate to win the, the championship. Uh, we had great people, great players, great host families, and a great organization that, that un they understand how to do it right. And it's very similar to what Can Boyd did with Stanton Braves. Uh, investing in the community and making sure that everything was one big giant uh, family. And when you have that going on, people invest in each other. And as you know, those who invest the most are the last to surrender. So as we've moved forward, um, you know, I miss I, yesterday was a hard day uh, because every time you see the, the community and everything, the memories pop up from as a player assistant and as a head coach and just the good times. So they'll never be able to take that away uh, regardless of what may happen, what roads we may go down. There are a lot of great people that are still there that, uh, you know, that I cherish. Uh, Steve Cox, the GM, was in my wedding. And, um, you know, it's people like that that have really helped me get to where I was. If I didn't have them to lean on, I, I would not be here. I wouldn't had a chance to go up and meet my wife, have her throw out a first pitch, get engaged, get married. And now the exciting news is we've got twins on the way in December. Yeah. So uh, that's, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Everything will work out for everybody. Um, there's no ill will towards anything. It's not anything where, you know, I have malice in my heart because everything that has happened here has led me to this road. George, I, yeah. I know that um, I, every time Satan has played Strasburg and I've, I've taken the time to talk to you afterwards. And even when it's been late nights that last year, late night get, going from Strasburg back home, um, I just valued that time because um, you take the time to talk to everybody it seems like and and do the right thing but I want to talk about your team again this year you talked about the powers not there but the pitching has been elite I mean Stanton's offense that's their forte when they're winning games it's because they're putting up runs and your team came in and just shut them down and even in game number two where the guy who I know you guys wanted to start ended up being sick and not being able to start game two of that doubleheader. So you have to go to plan B and all he does is come in and just pitch five innings of basically shut out baseball and uh, keeping the Braves off the board. And I, I was really impressed with Strasburg's pitching. And when you look at those, you know, opponent batting averages, it's like 170, 045, 071, 083. And you're like, oh, okay. So no one just gets hits when they play Strasburg. Well, we've, we've been fortunate enough, and I'll, I'll say this, the credit goes to our GM, uh, Parker Neal, and also to all the players that we've had in the pra uh, past. So when they have a good experience, they go back and they tell their coaches, you know, hey, this is a great place to be. And it really matters um, that we make the good connection and we put the right people in uh, decision-making processes. Last year, Butch Barnes, uh, former Valley League coach, you know, a pillar of Strasburg baseball, he did a great job with setting up our rotations and making sure that we didn't have anybody overused and 
We have proper rest. And when you keep guys fresh and their arms good, uh, it makes for a better uh, success, I think, when, you, when you're attacking on the mound. Because if they're worn out and they're sore, which some of them are going to be because they didn't throw as much in college or maybe they didn't throw as many days in a week in college. So it's about making sure that you find that balance that, that uh, really gives them a, a chance to be fresh and come in and throw strikes. And like last year, you know, everybody looked at our power numbers, but our pitching is what carried us. And they learned to pitch and keep the ball low um, at first bank because if you left it up, you know, college baseball players have power. There's parity in the league to where anybody one through nine can lift the ball to the ballpark at first bank. So as we've gone through, you know, we've had some guys that uh, really had some clout coming in, Jem Cisco, Isaac Fix, uh, Robert Kelly. Those guys have towed the rubber and really did a nice job, but it's guys like Dan Odekirk, Parker Wakeman, um, you know, Anthony or city came in yesterday in game one, his first start uh, from limited innings of Florida. And we, we were supposed to start Carson Finvold who had an epic performance coming in relief in the first inning you know, of the, the regional and throwing a nine inning complete game pretty much. But uh, he just got a little bit sick the night before. And Lucas Hartman, who pitched in the perfect game league uh, last year, he was a starter. We picked him up from Western Carolina. Bobby Miranda has been good to us. He's always been respected around here, part of Virginia baseball, a little bit easy. I know it's tech territory on this program, <laughs> um, but they've always given us some great opportunities. And Lucas came in and his last pitch in the fifth inning uh, was 92 on the radar we had. So um, he spins a real tight curveball. Um, and we know coming in, you know, Stanton was going to hit the baseball and we were hoping that we were going to be able to field the baseball, but we, we've been uncharacteristic with some throwing errors this year, but again, it's about reps and cleaning up, but, and Nolan Freeman, who's a first year pitching coach from Salem international. He's done a great job with our staff this year. Um, he's made some great connections and really gave them the opportunities to earn their roles. And he's helping build confidence through uh, you know, bullpens, through meetings, through talking about just personal interactions. And there's some of these students, athletes that we have coming in, uh, they're in the portal. So they're trying to prove with a chip on their shoulder that they belong either with the big boys or just an opportunity to find their worth. So that's, I mean, it's just been an outstanding year for the pitchers to jump in and just, uh, I guess, get baptized by fire, but they're doing great so far and knock on wood, you know, we're hoping that uh, if we can keep the baseball down, that's what's going to help carry us again. I mean, it's interesting for you to go so in-depth there on, like, how you're managing this this Valley Baseball League team. But knowing that you're also a high school coach and you've been at Stanton these last few years, I, I'm kind of interested in hearing, you know, I, I think there's plenty of differences, and I, I know you'll you'll reference those, but also some of the similarities that, um, that you still face, you know, still coaching, you know, high school baseball and varsity baseball. So talk about some of those differences, but also some of the similarities in, in your coaching between the two teams. So we'll start with the the differences is we're not playing every night. Uh, you know, in high school, we maybe play three games a week, not playing doubleheaders on the, on the weekend. So uh, just management of time, because the younger they are, the more their arms going to get fatigued. And I would say the the huge difference is with you, when you're working with the student athletes from the Valley League versus the high school student athlete, the Valley League players are here because they want to be professional baseball players. Some of the high school kids, they're there because their friends are out. You know, we've got some guys that are really decent at baseball. And then you have some guys that are that uh, the grinders that just have good attitudes and work hard, but you need those kind of athletes in high school to compete and, and, and give yourself a chance to, you know, play against. We played a murderous schedule. You know, we played Riverheads, we played Spotswood, we played Buffalo Gap, we played Fort Defiance, Wilson, Stewart's Draft. And there's a lot of teams in our district that just, you know, they make, they're notorious for making runs to the state's 
uh, quarterfinals or the semis or even championships. So, um, you know, there's never an off day in the Shenandoah district, but, you know, there's never an off day in the Valley League, so to speak. You, you're, you're going against uh, players that anything can happen. Somebody could go out in the first inning and get hurt, and you have to make adjustments as you go through. Um, the similarities with it is you have to maintain just maintain managing arms, man, managing egos. So some of the players that come from bigger programs, uh, you know, may not have played as much, but they're still really, really good. Well, if Florida gets in the box and JMU pitchers on the mound, maybe at Percival, they're coming at it. You know, this is me against SEC baseball. So you get to see some great matchups where some of these mid-tier JUCOs and some of the, the mid-major D1s and NAIA guys, they're coming out and they're saying, hey, this is my shot to prove that I'm, you know, I'm better than Florida. So when they come out and, and compete, it, it's really the pure, I guess you say just the simplicity of competition. It's just, it's perfect. Um, you've got guys that aren't being paid millions of dollars to strike out like Chris Davis did. Yeah. And I think you're still paying him. Uh, we even are. Though he's out of baseball. <laughs> we are. Uh, but we'll it's, it's just, I mean, Valley League baseball is, is rich with tradition, with the amount of athletes that have come through to the major leagues, the teams that have won championships, the production of what they do for entertainment value for the families up and down the, uh, you know, I-81. And it's in comparison to prices, versus going to a major league ball game. And for the longest time, for the longest time, a lot of these people in the community thought the Stanton Braves were a minor league affiliate of the Atlanta Braves. So uh, it's cool that we get a chance to interact with the fans. It's cool that we get a chance to play in front of nice crowds. And yesterday there was a young man coming to his first ball game and he was cheering on the Braves and he was just so excited. He was hoping for a hit. Well, after our pitcher came in, I said, Hey, take this ball and give it to that kid up there. And he gave it to the kid at the top of the steps. And that's what baseball is all about. It's bringing everybody together, passing the game on to the next generation. And, you know, just respecting everybody around us because without Stanton, without Harrisonburg, without Waynesboro, without, you know, Strasburg, it's not the Valley League. It's not the purest form of baseball that you can find. And I guarantee you in the summertime, some people may get a business. Savannah Bananas are worried about entertaining first. Well, in the Valley League, we're worried about development and playing. So uh, it's not to take anything away from them because they have played good baseball in the last couple of years. But you know that when you go down there, there's entertainment versus development. And we try to aim for the development first. That's awesome. I, you know, you mentioned um, some of what you do, you know, around the field. And, you know, I, we saw the viral clips, the local viral clips uh, at the end of the high school season, um, you know, getting everybody involved in the field. And, and I know last night after the game, um, you, you had some involvement there. Talk, talk about, you know, some of what you've done there with that individual and giving him some great experiences and, and, you know, you know, overlap into what you do at the school. Well, we, we never try to do things just for our own personal attention. Uh, yeah. It's about doing the right things and doing the things that we were taught growing up. There is a difference between wrong and right. And there's a difference between someone thinking it as uh, being just singular, like trying to pull spotlight to ourselves Yesterday and, and every every day was the spotlight was about Stephen Plogger. Uh, Stephen was our high school uh, senior this year. He just graduated from Stanton High School, but he was a member of our program for two years. And I say member because he wasn't just a manager. Um, he practiced with the boys. He worked hard. And we tried to find situations where we could make him better to give him a chance to go out and, and just have an at-bat. And all he wanted to do was just be like his friends. They picked him up, took him to practice. He ran with them when they had punishments. He showed up and tried to hit every day, and he got so much better as we got better as a team. And I think that Stephen made us 
I, I want to say more cohesive because he would tell us the truth when we didn't want to hear it. Uh, you know, if, if Joe was batting and struck out last time, hey, Joe, don't strike out this time. And <laughs> it just kept you grounded. And for everybody that knows him, understands that he really loves the game of baseball. And he loves the Stanton Braves. So for them to give him a chance to be the bat boy, that is that is unbelievably one of the best things that ever happened to him. And what we used to do after the games is because we couldn't put him in the games at a point, we'd always hit afterwards and let him swing, have his moment, run the bases. And when he got in the home plate, you know, he, he was just like everybody else. So the cool, probably one of the coolest moments of my coaching career, we were playing against Bath County this year uh, in a game. And the first time we played them, it got it, it, you know, we put the game in hand. We understood. And we talked with the coaching staff with Rob Miller, uh, who's been a big time stand supporter and athletic booster. And he said, Hey, you know, next time we play, this might be the game to play Steven instead of always trying to do things on senior night and everything. You want to put somebody in a situation where they can have success and not have any safety issues. So Steven got, uh, got to lead off the fourth inning, bottom of the fourth and their pitcher was thrown just a regular game. Don't change anything, just play. And Steven drew a walk and he got the first base and everybody was all pumped up. Our, you know, our fans were cheering for him. Uh, the team was rallying behind him. The next guy grounds to the pitcher. He, instead of turning two, throws it to first. Well, Steven made it to second. Then the guy walked the bases loaded. So Steven's on third base. And the first pitch, the guy throws a pass ball past the catcher. And before we could even say anything, he shot out of the box like a rabbit and scored on a pass ball. That's awesome. And when he came running in and our guys are dumping water on him and celebrating like it was the World Series, like championship, that's that's what we do it for. You know, it's not for uh, like, you know, it's not about me. It's not about me. And I will stress that a million times. It's not about me. And I know some people will take it the wrong way, no matter how many times we say it. It's always been about the kids. It's always been about the opportunity to take the game of baseball and relate it to life and try to help them succeed because, People are going to remember wins and losses here and there, but 10 years down the road, we're going to find out what our real wins and losses are by the kind of people we develop and the good decisions they make and the good fathers they can be and just the opportunities where we teach them to be better people to make our world better. Uh, George, I want to talk about, speaking of, you know, baseball and what's right and wrong and, you know, wins and losses in life and that kind of thing, I you know, I see your social media posts. It feels like every year when you post it, at least once a year. But in case for people who maybe aren't following you on social media, I know you post a picture of the hard hat and say, you know, people always ask what this hard hat's about. And I want to give you the opportunity to talk about that hard hat here on the podcast. You know, if I had been prepped, I would have had it with me in this, <laughs> uh, but it's out, it's out in the back of the car. So um, the hard hat is something my father would, he was, he's a steel mill worker. Um, he worked in the mill almost my entire life growing up. And there's a, there's certain years that you reach. If you reach a point, you get retirement and he wasn't union. So he wasn't always protected. If they went through with cuts, it was just, you know, that's how it was. So for 28 years, he went to work every day. He wore the hard hat and he would come home with it. And I always thought it was one of the coolest things because who doesn't want to be like their hero? And my dad was my hero and he would, come to our games whenever he could. Uh, he never missed our opportunities uh, to see my sister and myself play. Sometimes he coached us. Sometimes he's sitting in the stands. Sometimes you look up, he'd be in his mill greens, uh, just straight from work, working a double just to try to pull it off and be down and, and go back. So just another example, like he had to work today, but he didn't want to miss the double header yesterday in stand. So he got up this morning and drove straight into work uh, at three o'clock. So 
Um, you know, my parents, we weren't the richest family by monetary means. Uh, we grew up in a simple house. We grew up in a simple lifestyle. Still don't have self-service where we live. Might be one of the only spots besides Nebraska that doesn't have modern civilization and cell phone service. So as we've grew up, you know, we were always appreciative of the little things. So, um, you know, when my dad came home one day, he was two years away from retirement and he said he was let go. And that was a hard deal for me to understand because he was crushed and he loves the steel mill. And there's some people, their job is their life. And my dad went from being an apprentice uh, at a young age to the machine shop and working how to work with lathes and making parts and, and doing different things throughout the mill. And he worked his way up to the supervisor of machine shop. And for him, every day he went to work, that was his most important prize job is I'm going to do my job. I'm going to take care of my business. I'm going to do the right thing, take care of my crew because he always believed the strength of the product relied on the strength of the crew. If you made everybody else better around you and you kept them happy, it gave you an opportunity to reap the rewards of success, not just as that turn, but for the whole building and for the whole organization. And, um, you know, when he was let go, he came home and he actually threw his hard hat in the trash because he was just, I mean, it was one of the only times I've seen him cry non family death or graduation or anything. And so he got a phone call probably about two days later and he got picked back up by another steel plant because what he does is not, it's not normal anymore. Technology's replaced it. But when technology goes down, you know, he's able to survive and do things by hand. So I grabbed that hard hat and I kept it with me. And everywhere I go to coach, everywhere I went to play, I always carried it with me. I set it up on the, on the hooks or on the fence or on my bag. And it's just a reminder. And, and it goes to everybody that somebody paid the price for you to be where you are today. And I'm thankful for the lifestyle I grew up in. You know, it's not, it wasn't easy growing up in the high Valley. Uh, it's, it takes a lot of sacrifice. And if you want to do something, you're not always going to get to do the thing you want to do, but you have to do the things you have to do. So we learned the value of hard work. We learned the value of family, um, you know, word, trust, and, and being somebody that other people can count on. And that's something that my dad always had pride with the steel mill because there's a lot of good, hardworking men back home that, you know, never got to say, uh, you know, they never got really their, their, their justice for how hard they worked. Uh, the steel mills have closed down a lot all throughout the High Valley, and it's a ghost town now of what it used to be. And it's tough to see when we go back home, but I always have those memories because where those plants were, I remember taking a lunch pail to them where I remember, uh, you know, going and talking to them through a fence. And so that hard hat, I still keep with me this day and I'm going to keep it with me all the way through no matter what I do or where I go, because it's, that's my piece of home. And that's my, my father, my father's my hero. And I know some people that haven't always had the best relationships with their fathers, but it gave me an opportunity just to keep him close to me, no matter where I go. I mean, that, I mean, that's absolutely great. I, you know, you, you talk about, you know, being that leader and, and, you know, what your father meant to you. You're about to be a dad and uh, you got two at once coming on the way and uh, you have a lot of transition in your life with uh, with them coming and, and also, you know, stepping away from Stanton High School. Uh, you know, talk about, you know, what you think you have ahead of you right now. Um, and, and just as long as you know, some of the, some of that you have no control of uh, because uh, there's about to be two people in this world that are going to make all the decisions for you. Including uh, Mama, three, three other people. <laughs> yeah. I've been waiting my whole life for the opportunity to be a dad. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had some great role models in my life, not just family members, but people that have been near and dear to me that have taken care of me as, as a father away from home or 
as a brother away from home and, uh, you know, um, you know, we got one shot at this, you know, when the expiration date goes on, they've got the birth date and they've got your end date, but the dash is what makes the difference, how you live. And, you know, I can't wait for the opportunity to, to be there. I know there's going to be a lot of hold on, you know, oh crap moments, but, you know, I'm going to give it full fledged and give them unconditional love just as much as I've gotten probably, if not more, because I've learned from some of the best. And, you know, as the time closes in Stanton High School, I'm just thankful for the opportunities I've been given, uh, thankful for the folks that I've worked with, for the students. I had a, a young lady reach out to me that's been, she's, she's always been kind of shielded from other people because she grew up without a father. And it was, it struck me pretty hard because she said, you know, she wished me a happy Father's Day because I was the closest thing she may have had uh, growing through. And that's the stuff that I don't want to miss out on because it's the relationship with the kids and the other folks. But, you know, as we go forward with this, it's close a chapter and we got to start a new one and wherever the road may lead us, you know, I'm going to give everything I can to that opportunity. Uh, but hundred percent devotion behind my family, because, you know, I've wanted to be a professional baseball player. I wanted to play for the USA hockey team and I wanted to be a dad. Those were my three goals growing up and I uh, missed out on the, you know, the Olympics um, but I did have my opportunities. We had a lot of fun playing hockey growing up. Uh, baseball, I gave it the best run I could. And now it's my job to help pass the torch on to the next generation. We've had some good players come through uh, that we've been blessed to be you know, associated with. But we're just a wheel and a spoke for those guys. And as they go forward, you know, we're putting that full tank of gas for them to go back and make an impact, whether it's in the draft or whether it's going on a professional career. And part of me will live – with them as they go on. And I can live, you know, I can sit back and say, you know, I said goodbye to the game with the pandemic year for the RCBL. Uh, who gets a chance to do that 11 years past, you know, your last game and let alone, I was fortunate enough to hit the baseball some. So, uh, but it's just been, it, life is a wild ride. I'm just thankful for the opportunities, thankful for the city of Stanton period. Um, I knew somewhere down the road, it was going to be, you know, hard to step away. Uh, but this, I think, is the right time and the right moments because there's going to be some new things coming up forward, uh, you know, that we're going to just jump in, you know, 100%. It's not something I could do 50-50. Yeah, I love it. I, I'm going to take my opportunity here uh, to, to play, you know, I know everything uh, because I'm already a dad. And here's my two things of advice. One, one's a little more serious. The other one, you'll, you'll, you just better follow. The best advice I got right before my first baby was born was a coworker who had already had a couple kids. And he said, you get into that situation and like you're at the hospital, you just, they're going to make it happen. The doctors are going to make it happen. It's going to happen. You're going to have the baby. Everything's going to be fine. And, and, you know, as a coach like you, I'm sure you're used to having control and steering the ship. And uh, that's just one of those moments. And, and I, I have that in me too. Uh, I haven't coached as much as you, but I have that, uh, um, bossiness in me. <laughs> and, uh, but just that acceptance that, you know, the doctors have it and they're going to take it and you're going to be fine. That's my best thing to keep in your mind uh, when it's happening. Number two is the hospital doesn't have wet ones. They give you just a dry cloth and put you next to a sink to clean up the baby. Take wet ones with you to the hospital because that makes those first couple of baby diaper changes so much easier and what they'll be. And, and it's not an obstacle in the hospital. So take wet ones. That's, that's my number one thing. Take them. That's what we, when we visit people in the hospital before the pandemic, 
when they have babies, we always take them wet ones because we know they're struggling through the process. So I, I've had some practice with my nieces growing up. There you go. There you go. It was a dirty, dirty experience. So, <laughs> um, and I know that some of the guys you work with, you probably have to clean up too every once in a while. <laughs> See my, and you know, my niece is who I had practice with Gabby uh, that you've uh, been around at Stanton high school. And, and she was the one she puked on me multiple times. Just that was, that's like our joke is like, how many times she puked at me one time on the stage at Stanton high school, she vomited into me. So yeah, she, that, that's where my practice came before I had kids. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm going to definitely put that down in the notes. Uh, you know, anything that you have texting wise, you could ever think of, please feel free to just blow the inbox uh, up because that, that's probably should be my third advice is you, you're natural. I mean, you're, you're a responsible adult with a brain in your head. <laughs> you're a smart guy. You're going to figure it out. You don't need everybody's damn advice. And that's why I always bring that wet ones thing because it's kind of funny. You don't need to, you don't need to hear all the advice because you'll figure it out and you'll be good and you'll know what works for you. And advice starts turning to sound like judgment uh, at a point. So just trust yourself and uh, reinforce mama doing that. She'll, she'll tell you what to do. That's, that's where you're going to get told what to do is mama's going to tell you what to do. That's so already been going on good. for a while. So I don't know. <laughs> That's good. Sounds like she's a good woman. She knows she knows how to handle you. I'm gonna push. <laughs> I'm gonna push Leland out of the way here for a second. Um, I want to. I want to talk about another player who has been a great story, and you've had connections with, and Tyler Zombro, and his comeback has been amazing. I know he has meant a lot to the Stanton Braves community and the Stanton community in general, and it's just awesome to see the comeback he's having. Yeah, Tyler. Tyler is one of the hardest workers. If I'll take it back. Tyler is the hardest worker I've ever coached. It uh, doesn't matter whether it was Valley League, high school, anything else. Um, he's a self-made man. He gets determined. Uh, you know, he's determined to work in the weight room. He's determined to do the best that he can, no matter what situation is. And when he went down, I know that it wasn't just, you know, selfishly, it wasn't just our community. It was the world felt bad for him. And uh, to see all the people in the organization reach out, uh, to help his family, to help his wife, because his wife was at the game and his best friend, Taylor Davis, was at the game. And I'll tell you this, the guy you need to have on the show sometime is Taylor Davis because he he's an assistant coach right now at Bridgewater, but he was our bat boy growing up, and he's got tons of stories about the Stanton Braves, um, his experience playing at Farum, and just working up through as an assistant coach through everything. But I felt terrible that, you know, Tyler had to go through this because he was this close to achieving his dreams and there's still a road that's there, but you know, it's the long road and it's the road that he's never taken before. Uh, he's never had the easy way and he's always worked it the hard way. You know, he could have just gave up and concentrated on tread athletics and all the physiology body studying and the sabermetrics. He's going to be perfectly fine after baseball is over because he has put that much work and time in with everything, but we want to wish him the best. We want to wish him nothing but success, but we know that we love him regardless uh, whatever happens to him, whether he plays or not. I know it's, it's something that his choice is going to be down the road, but you know, he's made us so proud just by showing everybody that, you know, you can do it if you just work hard and you can do it and you can achieve things by doing it the right way. And he's been a role model for our kids. Uh, he's been a role model for other athletes. And, and there's been some, you know, players in the minor leagues, that have really reached out to him for video analysis and 
uh, just trying to help create spin rate and some of the different things that he can do with all that video, uh, you know, analysis. But, you know, we want Tyler to make it. I know there's nobody probably more than he does. Um, you know, nobody probably more than his family because they've been with him through the side and it takes special people to keep supporting him the way that he does just keep going at it. And he says he's playing with house money, but we know that he's got the biggest heart in all of baseball. And we hope that it just continues to climb because he had a, he had another recent setback. And, and I think, you know, as the time comes up that he's going to have a chance to push one more time uh, because he wants to end on his terms. He doesn't want it to be anybody else's decision. So as he goes forward, we wish him nothing but the very best. And I know our, our whole communities um, all around Augusta County, they're, they're 1,000% behind him. And if he doesn't make it, that doesn't define him as a human being because his next life will be just as dedicated as anything else. He's going to be a great father. He's already a great husband. He's going to be whatever job he gets into, he's going to be one of the best to ever do it because that's who he is. George, that's awesome. before you make us cry, I want to move on to a different topic that will maybe – Maybe get your, you know, keep your interest here. You're so passionate about so many things, but one of those things is professional wrestling. And we want to talk to you about, I want to ask you what you thought of WrestleMania, because I actually did watch the last WrestleMania. I know it's, you know, a few months ago, but for maybe most of our audience that doesn't follow WWE as much as you do, I actually got roped into going to a WrestleMania watch party this year with some of the other 4D sports guys and Obviously, it was an oversight on our part not to invite you. We'll take care of that next year. But, um, you know, what did you think of WrestleMania, and what have you thought on the storylines since WrestleMania to where they are now? Well, I'll tell you this. I think WWE has gone through a big change. Uh, it's not what it used to be. The characters that they've created or try to, you know, push forward, it's not always what the crowd wants. It's what they feel should be, you know, a big hoss, put the belt on him uh, and, and push, push, push. I thought the, the WrestleMania deal being two nights, I think it's watered down. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they try to get as many people in as possible. They do the Hall of Fame on Friday with the SmackDown presentation. The Saturday, they had a, a pretty good main event. You know, I think if you personally line up Brock Lesnar versus anybody, like even Brock Lesnar versus Aliens, I think Brock Lesnar <laughs> would win. Right. Um, so it's somewhat hard to see him not get a push. Uh, to where he can carry because I know Roman's had some health issues and they're talking about him being the face of the future. And he's the face of the present right now, but um, you know, there's nobody really with character that can push him off the top. So uh, it's going to be a while. I think they're waiting for some other guys to step up, but Randy Orton just got hurt. Um, There's not really, you can't, you can bring Bill Goldberg back like two more times. You can't, (laughs) really bring too many people back. So they brought Lesnar back again this past Friday. And uh, it's, it's just interesting to see the story writers are, are really like grasping for straws. So I think the ladies division at one point was one of the best wrestling divisions of, of women in, in all of the history of professional wrestling. Uh, but they've dropped the ball on that. They're slowly dissipating. Uh, I guess you say the women's revolution. So the four horse women have kind of dropped by the wayside. So, as the emphasis goes on of being Roman Reigns and everything turns around, goes to Roman Reigns. And then you had a guy like Cody Rhodes jumped from the start, uh, starting his own business with the Young Bucks, AEW, back to WWE. I, I thought that was a shot in the arm to try to get it going, but then Cody Rhodes gets hurt. Uh, Cody Rhodes get hurt. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm still a big fan right now of AEW just because mm-hmm. of the product. Uh, some of the matchups are pure wrestling. 
Uh, CM Punk came back, which we thought we'd never see again. Um, you know, you've got some of the best tag team wrestling down there. And I think entertainment value-wise, I understand what WWE is trying to do. And they've been around for a long time. But also, when you get, you know, you think you're too good, you get sloppy. So uh, Vince getting in some trouble with the, the $3 million lawsuit, cover-up settlement. Um, you know, I'm not going to say again what may or may not happen. It was alleged. But uh, it's it's just... You know, as you go through, it's not the same product it was in the 90s during the Attitude Era. And we have family-friendly, you know, advertisements and everything. So um, I would like to say that I think that they have a guy, Austin Theory, that they're trying to push coming up. He's kind of like a miniature version of Cena when he first started. So I look for that to happen. John Cena's coming back next week. Always a good time to see him because he's, he's never turned heel. And if he would ever have turned heel, it would have been gold. It would have yeah. been absolute gold. I just think that uh, that's what they missed out on. Uh, they're doing a good job with Roman Reigns' character being who it is. Uh, Paul Heyman is money on the mic, but I, I think they're missing the big rival for Roman Reigns for sure. I wanted to ask you about that because you had mentioned, you know, it's been a long time since the Attitude Era. And even some of the names you were mentioning were like when I stopped almost 10 years ago now, like following it really closely, like those are names I'm familiar with. And I'm like, man they have not moved on there's like no new people this is upsetting like that was one of the things i took away watching wrestlemania i was like i know who most of these people are that's not good for the wwe but in the in the attitude era wwe was kind of that upstart that had kind of started to merge some regional other regional wrestling federations together and then they challenged ted turner and wcw now they've got another upstart in aew that they have in the past tried to be like, oh, they're nobody, they're nobody. But as more and more wrestlers went from WWE to AEW, I it kind of ha has started to feel like WWE has kind of had to pay them attention. And you mentioned Cody Rhodes going to WWE. That's really the only one that I have heard of that made the opposite jump back. It seems more guys are not liking their experience with the WWE and going to AEW. And I know the wrestling fans I do have, you included, feel like AEW is maybe doing a better job with their storylines and their, and their matches and their writers. Yeah. I think uh, you'll see that a lot of the roster that they have right now in AEW are bounce back guys from WWE. Maybe they didn't get their shot. Maybe they didn't get their due justice. Uh, maybe they didn't get what they felt that were appreciated with uh, create creativity for their character. So uh, competition breeds success. That's something we always learn. And um, I think that as the young bucks have carried this organization and Kenny Omega, some of the best wrestlers in the world. They've also done some collabs with other businesses. So TNA who's still around, which is impressive because we thought they were going to go under a long time ago. Yeah. They just had another like slam anniversary pay-per-view and uh, they had the Briscoe brothers who have some personal demons about things they've tweeted or said before that would have been another great addition for AEW, but they're actually holding people accountable. Jeff Hardy just got arrested on a DUI again uh, we hope that he finds the help that he needs because he, he was an explosive wrestler. He's great for the game. He's got a long resume of championships, whether it was tag title or individual. But, you know, everybody is is kind of being held accountable now. So if you don't like your spot, it's not so much the transfer portal, you know, but right. it's enough to where people can say, I'm going to go here and at least have more creativity with my character and have a chance to be on TV every week and have a chance to, wrestle some of these dream matchups, uh, you know, that only wrestlers could ever thought could have happened. Like if we had Sam Punk versus Sammy Guevara or Chris Jericho versus 
you know, somebody from New Japan Wrestling because they were doing a lot of crossovers. So I'm anxious to see what this plays out to. In the end, I think the big empire of WWE does outlast just because they have enough resources and everything. And they'll buy up some of these characters coming up because they've been exposed to TV and the contracts are going to be up soon. And Tony Khan can't pay everybody. So yeah. it'll be interesting in, in two years to see who makes the jump to follow Cody Rhodes and who stays to try to help keep everything afloat. Well, George, before we let you go, I know earlier in this interview, you say it's not about you. You don't do things the right way because of you and to bring attention to yourself. But I Leland will attest to this after the game on Sunday night. I, he was one of the first people I called. And the other one was John Leonard, who I called and told him to. And I just wanted to say, George, you are one of the greatest people I have ever had the pleasure of coming across. And, you know, it. I laugh thinking, you know, the reason we ended up connecting initially was my brother, I couldn't go to a game. So my brother goes and he happens to interview you for 40 sports, which is just some goofy podcast that me and uh, my brother and a couple other guys in Harrisonburg, we were like, we like Valley. We like the Valley baseball league. Like, let's see if they'll let us cover them and go around to all the teams. And they did. And, that's how we ran into you. It's how we ran into John Leonard, which are two of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And um, what you have done for this community. And, you know, I, I told Leland this. I told John this. It just amazes me that um, the kind of impact you've been able to have. And I know you don't do it. So people are like me are telling you this. I know that's not why you do it. But I just wanted to say from the bottom of my heart, George. I appreciate it, and I I love everything you represent in this community. And every time I have a moment to talk to you, I will I look forward to stopping. And even if I got to run up to the press box because I'm running late to the game, I want to stop and say hi to you, and you know, wish you well. And then after the game, I don't I don't care if it's from Strasburg or you know wherever in the future. If I got to drive a five hour drive ahead of me or whatever, I want to take the time to talk to you just because. I enjoy every single second and every single word I have, no matter what we're talking about. And it's because of the kind of person you are. And I know I'm not the only one in this community that knows that, but I just wanted to say, as far as I'm concerned, I just wanted to thank you for just being the kind of guy that so many people need in this community. Well, uh, <clears throat> I'm humbled, uh, you know, by the words, because it's not, I don't, I've made mistakes in my life. Everybody, you know, understands that you get different ways from making mistakes and getting better and hoping to be better. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been blessed with some good opportunities. I, there's some things that have come in my life that I don't think I ever deserved, which makes it that much more appreciated. Um, and my grandfather, when I, when I was young, he always talked to me when we were out gardening and farming and doing some things. And he said, you win with people. You got to understand that, that everybody has a story listen to them. Don't just try to be the loudest person in the room, listen to their story and just try to help make their lives better. Uh, because in the end, it's going to make everybody better. And uh, I just think that, you know, carry on legacies and, and trying to, to be the best person we can be every day to make our corner of the earth a little bit better. Like, you know, instead of griping, whining, complaining, let's find the answer to solutions together and do the best we can to work together because, you know, what else are we going to do? Um, just because you may have a different opinion 
doesn't mean I can't be friends with you. Uh, just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean we have to not be Facebook friends. You know, uh, too many times we have people that judge others by the way they look, by the way they talk, by the way they maybe dance around. But, you know, there's room for all of us here. And that's one of the biggest, I guess you say, one of the biggest things that bring me joy are people of all different backgrounds, not just sports, but when they actually feel that they can be a part of something, um, whether it's in a classroom, uh, maybe it's somebody that's having a hard time with their own personal life, just being a friend for them, uh, you know, and even people that may be in jail or anything, just try to be the best you can for them because if you can make them feel better and they make somebody else feel better, it's a ripple effect. And it will, you know, whether my time is over short or long from now, you know, I, I want to be remembered as a good person, but I also want to be remembered by the deeds I've done and, and by the people I've helped out. And maybe somewhere down the line, you know, if we have, we're blessed to have sons to pass that on to the bloodline and just keep trying to make this world better one day at a time, because it, we're, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. And, you know, meeting guys like you and Leland and uh, being on the 4D podcast and John Leonard, you know, you guys are all in the same boat. We're, we're rowing the same direction, doing the right things, trying to showcase and promote student athletes, high schools, sports. Um, and it's, if we had more people like all of you, uh, there's no doubt in my mind, we wouldn't be facing some of the issues we have in the last five years and even up to this year. So um, thank you again for the words. And in the words of a famous football coach from back where I'm from, there's two kinds of people in this world. There's those who are humbled and those who are about to be humbled. So uh, I've always learned from that. And sometimes it's a hard way, but you get up off the ground, dust off and get back on the horse. So thank you very much. Thank you, George. And I love you, brother. I can't wait to see you again. I love you guys, man. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. Well, that was just awesome having Coach Loss on there. The Stanton Storm are losing a great guy there. Um, so I'm glad. I'm, I'm still excited. I think I said this last week. I'm excited to see what's next for him. Um, you know, I'm excited to see him with two babies, uh, one at each arm at some point. Uh, but also professionally and coaching, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what he'll be up to next. And uh, I bet we'll talk to him when he's, when he's doing that sometime. So uh, thanks again for Coach Loss coming on and joining the conversation. Um, but Joe, you and I were having a conversation the other night and, uh, we were talking about some, some, you know, after work plans, after, you know, weekend plans. Mm. And you made a statement that kind of like rattled me. You said you don't like live music. Yeah. And something that, that could potentially that bothered, get me in trouble. It bothered me daily since, since you said that. Something that could potentially get me in trouble. Yep. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I've been to a concert with you. Like we went to I know, you, you but said, hey Leland, here's tickets to a live music and I, I didn't know I was putting you through pain by accepting your offer to go with you to that. It was a gift. I it was a gift to me to see a bluegrass group that I like. But that that was in a smaller theater, so um that's one thing that makes it more acceptable, but I'm not big on like giant concert venues normally. Billy Joel is the only exception. Like Billy Joel is the only time I've been to a huge concert venue and had a good time. Outside of that, it's just not for me. Like, and I didn't mind the Steel Drivers in Roanoke because again, it's a smaller theater and they don't have the music like blaringly loud. Like most of the time, I've when I imagine live music, 
it's like blaringly loud music and imagined it or experienced it because like that's what's maybe bothering me like how many times have you given this a chance two other times see like what crap have you gone to that's turned you off because trample like, by turtles i've seen i like trample chris by stapleton, turtles chris, chris stapleton multiple times brad paisley multiple times keith urban multiple times uh sting that's out of left field that i've seen live uh and that's the big stuff i I, you know, we had live music at my wedding because, you know, Hmm. uh, maybe tomorrow with Brent Hall is the pinnacle of local music. Uh, That was what me and my wife did when we were dating. We went to wherever Brent was playing that weekend and and watched them play. And um, like, I I love live music. I I love that shared experience. I, I like, you know, not just in live music. I love you know, going to plays and, and, and everything. I, I like a live performance, a shared experience with people where the reaction and the energy is there. And, and I love that. And that all comes back to sports and the live sports. And I know that you've gone to a lot of live sporting events and Virginia tech games. And you like going to Oriole games. And so like, it, it kind of rattles me that you don't like live music when you do like live sports because i think there's so many parallels between the two of the shared experience and being part of something bigger i it just surprises yeah it's not the shared experience that i don't like it's um it's the music that is usually not leveled correctly it is uh, in terms of like compared to vocals it's the fact that live music is usually unless you're seeing somebody who's really really good can be full of mistakes um and I just, I'm not here for that. Lip syncing half the time, I'm not here for that either. So, like... I've never been to, like, a, something I would consider live music that's lip syncing. Like, that's... I'm just like saying, like, when thing. I see live performances, like, sometimes that's it's lip syncing. That's, like, a, that's New Year's Eve. That's New Year's Rock and Eve. Dick and Eve with Ryan Seacrest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like but, that's... But, that's yeah, like, I, like, I just, I, I'm not a huge fan. I'd, I'd rather just hear the recorded version, the studio version, because I think it's the best version. And I don't need to share it with a bunch of people. Like, that's something I don't feel the need. I like music. I like the harmonies and the melodies and when it sounds good. I don't like it when it's cranked up to 11 and just let's see how loud we can get it. And I, I'm not here for that. Like I've had some, like, minimal times where, like, the levels have been so off that it's been like one time we were going to see Keith Urban and um, who was it open in for him? Um, Pat. Uh, I think he's like from JMU even. Oh, uh, oh no. Phil Vassar. Phil Vassar. Nah, that it wasn't him. It was somebody else. I don't want to put that on it because it wasn't Phil Vassar, but somebody was le- opening for him in that kind of range. And like his levels were terrible. And like, we moved in the stadium and we're, we complained to people are like, this is terrible. And they're like, he has his own equipment. Keith Urban's has something else, but like, if it's still terrible, we'll like refund you. Well then Keith started and it was perfect sounding and all that. Like, I, I can't think of like another time than that where it was a big event. And I had that problem. Now I've gone to some local stuff and, and, you know, you know, more amateur situations where it doesn't sound good. And I, I get what you're saying, but like I've had too many great experiences with nah. live music and the interaction and, and um, you know, having the live performers perform, uh, reacting to the crowd and, and interacting. That's what Brent and Maybe Tomorrow are so great because um, there's a lot of that usually, and usually it's real small situations. 
Um, I don't know. I think you need to experience more. I, I guess. I, I guess what I'm telling you is the small, play. intimate performances. I don't mind because they they can only crank it up so loud before it deafens them too. Um, like who hurt you? Like that's what I, I, I want to know the the hard metal band that hurt you. Uh, Trample by Turtles was pretty bad. That's a bluegrass band. That was pretty bad. Where was this at? This was um, this was in Charlottesville. Like at Jefferson the Open Pavilion or in the inside? Yeah, Jefferson, I think. Yeah, I, I mean that stinks. I th- I think you need to open yourself up to more opportunities. No, because I think I'm good. You've been hurt. Nope, I'm good. Because I've had so I don't need many it. good ones. It's just I don't need it. I'd rather fun. spend my money on watching the Orioles. Like I'd ra- I'd rather do that. <laughs> and that's insane. <laughs> I'd rather spend want, my money on watching I, the Orioles. I want, Perfect music and terrible baseball. Yeah, that's like that's but here's the thing, me. right? Like the thing you're talking about, the shared experiences. Like I, I just don't. As much as I love music, I don't need to experience it with other people all the time. Um, I went to Mumford. It was awesome, and that like, see, I, no. I mean, it, it was the whole. You the know what? That's the other thing. Billy Joel has so many great songs. I don't have to worry about him playing one that I don't like, because he has so many songs that I like. With these other okay. people, I know they're going to play songs I don't want to hear. And I am – I can't hit the skip button in real life. I can't be like, well, this song sucks. Boo. Skip. Like, I can't do that. Mumford & Sons would be one that, like, half the show, if I'm lucky, only half the show. I'm sitting there going, kill me. Uh, it was awesome. Because, and, like, the thing I like about Mumford – because I've been, I've been to a lot of country concerts. I, I mentioned all those people. People go to a country concert like, oh, I'm – I kind of like them. I'll go. No. Those people that came to Mumford, it's because they, like, own all the albums of Mumford yeah. and knew every song. So, like, the shared experience there was actually one of the best experiences I've had at a concert. And I like, hate it. Every, like, there were certain moments everybody's singing. That was another good thing at Virginia Tech when they had Dave Matthews come and he brought along uh, John Mayer and, and other people. And they played in Lane Stadium. And there was those moments where like everybody was seen and it was it was cool i know you don't like dave matthews so it's a bad one to bring up but like the shared experience there plus after like why they were there and what yeah i get why they were there there. Mm. but like it it was awesome and it's like one of those memories like i don't know just like it's just really like cool situations have happened that i've been a part of live that I feel like you're going to miss out on in life. And no, I, do, I so don't care about that. And you know me, Leland. You know me. We talk about it on the podcast. Like, Patrick Kite even brought it up. Like, I just don't have anyone I hate that makes music as much as you hate Bruce Springsteen. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, I that I am an odd bird there. And because of that, like, when I'm listening to something that I just think is bad music, I'm like, dude, this is bad. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be part of this shared experience. This is an experience I don't want to have. Please stop play another song or, you know, in Bruce Springsteen's case, get off the stage. Um, like, I just, I'm not here for it. Like, I don't know. Pass. Hard pass. Don't know. If I'm going to a live show, it's like my mom has a bluegrass band that plays in a, at Wayside Theater well, in Middletown. They must be perfection. They must be great. They're awesome. I love them. Now, it helps that I know everybody in the band. And they play songs I know and songs I like. So, I like it. Now, Steel Drivers is another one. Yeah, I'll, I would go see Steel Drivers. Um, Billy Joel, every time. But And, and the performance I ended up going to this weekend was fine. They were good. They were actually great. It, I was so relieved 
that they oh, were. So you might have been a little wrong. I might have been a little wrong. I was so Ooh. relieved that they were the opening act and not the main act because I was worried about that because I listened to the main act ahead of time and I was like, Mm-mm, this is going to be bad. Yeah, well, if you don't like the music, you don't like. The I was music. practicing. I'm not, I'm not trying to put you into that situation. Yeah, I was. I was practicing the. This is good face. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and like it was not going well. Uh, but yeah, I just live music is well, not I something I I want to regularly be part of my life. Like that was if I outside of my mom's group's performance. That was probably the Seal Drivers was the last time I had been to a live performance before that, and well, I am okay. There has been some stuff since then. Like, I mean, yeah, but if if COVID hadn't <laughs> happened, I wouldn't have gone either. I like, that's the other thing. I haven't been to a concert since then. But if COVID hadn't existed, I still wouldn't have gone. Like, I and I'd be okay. I'm good. If I never go to another one, I'll be okay. If I never go to another game at Camden Yards, I'll be devastated. I'm going to, like, opposite uh, Jim and Pam you. Like, I'm just going to start inviting you to, like, every concert. <laughs> I'm going to say no. You're going to get a lot of no's. I, my friends invite me to concerts now, and I tell them, pass. Some I'd of them are groups I like, and I'm just like, pass. Yankees. <laughs> like, I just, I, it's not for me. It's crazy, man. I actually, I don't think I've ever, you know, like, you'll hear people like, I don't like chocolate. And you're like, man, that stands out as weird. But I've heard that other times. Like, I don't like live music is almost like I get struck me like I don't like music because, like, I don't know. I associate Which music. Which is not with true. I love music. I, no, the live music yeah, is not part of it for music. me. That's why it hit me. It's like it, it was such a paradox in my head. Like, no, like you just said something like I heard you wrong. Like there was words missing in the in the. I'm very particular here, about right? the live music I will attend, I guess. The, the ones I attend and I like, I love. And I would go back to see. But most of them, I'm not interested. And it, again, oh, some of it is the catalog, too. Like, you've got to have at least 20 songs I want to hear to get me through that door. Yeah. One of the better concerts I've been to is Zach Brown Band. And that was no. when they were new. They were new. And so yeah. they had, like, two songs that I had heard before. And that was awesome. They just rocked out the whole time. All it sounded great. It was awesome. Loved it. Not interested. Hmm. All right. Well, I just wanted everybody to know the terrible thing that you said, and uh, hopefully we get some interaction with this because I like. That's fine. It's just it's. I'll stand by that. I don't care. I'm not scared. I know people. People are entitled to you know, free uh, thought, but I'm not scared. I'll die on this hill. Live music's not that great. It's overrated. Um, what else? I, so I, I talked about the vacation. Did you wrangle any ponies? I didn't wrangle any ponies. I didn't actually. I heard, overheard some live music, but I didn't attend any live music. Well, that sounds like uh, the best I, I was way to unable to, you know, ride bareback on any of these ponies down there. They have them as as wild as they are. There's still some some separation. I think probably for the pony safety because of idiots. Um, but no, it was a great time. We went to Chickatig. I had never been before. I had only been to the Eastern Shore once before uh, for a wedding. So I was in and out pretty quick. Um, it was nice. It was really nice. Uh, I think we did the right amount of time with uh, three kids under 10. Um, so that was, that was a good part of that. 
but no, we had a good time. The beach was cool. You park right on the beach. Uh, you know, our car was just right, right over there and we could just walk to it and grab what we forgot to grab. Like it wasn't the whole comedy show of, you know, carrying all this stuff and, you know, getting crazy. No, it was relaxed and nice. And I ran and got lunch for everybody. Um, and that was cool. And we went two different days. Um, so that was really nice. That food, plenty of good food to uh, eat down there. I have to recommend Don's. Uh, Don's is right downtown. If you go to Chicoteague, that's what I recommend. Um, they had a nice indoor situation that kind of we fell into the first night we were there. And we actually went back for a second time and ate outside right next to the water on one of the inner, um, inner sides of the island, you know, between the main, uh, Eastern shore and Chincoteague's and, uh, watch the sunset. And it was cool. And the, and it was all about experiences for the kids. And so they got that. And, uh, the beach, uh, our oldest had remembered going to Virginia beach once before, but that was it. And our, uh, our middle didn't remember and our youngest hadn't been. So they were really, you know, the whole ocean waves and all that. And, um, we were lucky. We're lucky. They're, they're pretty well behaved. So they were right there. Where we need where we wanted them, where we could keep our eyes on them. And we had a really great time. So it was, um, as, as little stress as possible, still obviously some stretch, uh, some stress, but, uh, you know, it's, it's still three kids, but we had a great time. Uh, the son and me, uh, had an issue on, uh, uh the glare bears, the, uh, three times applied, uh, sunscreen. I don't know if it acted as much of a sunscreen or as more of a sun enhancer. Uh, so absolutely <laughs> fried me. I, I have gone out to the beach. Like I went to out on the beach with Stephanie once right before we were engaged and I got lit up by the sun. Cause I was like, I don't want that crap. I don't, don't put that on me. And I got lit up. This was worse. So like it almost, I feel like I got hurt by wearing uh, sunscreen. So that, that bottle's in the trash. And uh, luckily the kids had come out with uh, very little sunburn, so a little bit, uh, but uh, they got through it a little better than I did. But I was miserable. I was condensating. My skin was creating moisture uh, after we left the beach that day. And uh, But I fought through it, and we had a good dinner and, and a good night and uh, a good next day. So it was fun. It was fun visiting all the stores and kind of teaching our kids about, you know, beach cities and, and when they have all those surf stores that are exactly the same and, um, stuff like that. And the tourist attraction kind of stuff. And we did the putt putt and yeah, Arlo was 70 over par. Uh, so he has some work to do. I, I really hope he can be, uh, you know, a future tiger woods, but, uh, we're, we're on a slow route to that right now. Um, but you know, I was 11 under par, so I was I was happy with my effort. I, I called up the live tour to see if they were interested because uh, I could take a paycheck, um, but uh, didn't get a call back. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, that's that was a fun vacation, and we got back safely. Every, everything was safe and good, and stress free, and a good place to stay through an Airbnb. So it was fun. It was good. We haven't really done this. We actually I, we just haven't done much vacationing uh, since we've had kids. Um, very minimal things, a lot of like, you know, tag on with our parents or other people. This was just uh, just the five of us going. And uh, so it was a fun experience. It was good. Good. We'll do it again. Like good. in a decade. Yeah. That's me and live music. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm glad you that went well. Um, I'm disappointed that you weren't able to wrangle any ponies. But, you know, I guess whatever. Um, I, I mean, I was I have to be honest. It was lack of effort. Like I was really going to have to like go into a marshy swamp to even try. And, uh, I'm guessing no gators in this marshy swamp though. 
Yeah, we don't have gators up here. I feel like that's not true. In Virginia, especially like right near Maryland. Yeah, we don't have alligators. I don't know. I wouldn't bet on it. Um, I, I, I will. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like there's a gator like hiding. I just feel like there's a gator hiding. Or like maybe right at the border. Uh, you know, the Great Dismal Swamp, I feel trained. like, has gators. Yeah. I, I, I was, a gator wasn't on my mind. Uh, sharks would make sense. We found a shark tooth on the beach. That was cool. A little, real small one. Uh, but we didn't have any experiences in the water with them. Uh, so yeah, well, was that's good. the best way to have them, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, the kids love the tunnels. There's, there's three tunnels. You get one going from uh, between oh. Williamsburg and, and Virginia beach. And then the two that are part of the bridge tunnel system going yeah. over the Eastern shore, the kids loved the tunnels. So uh, that's, I'm glad they did. Cause entertainment in themselves, you know? <laughs> yeah. When you get older, it's just, I don't know. Maybe not for everyone, but for me, nightmare scenarios come running through my head where I'm like, all right, if there's an accident in here, this is terrible. I'm about to have my entire day ruined if somebody has gotten in an accident up here. Or the other one is, if water comes in, I am dead. Like, and that that runs through my head. Yeah. You got no control there. Uh, Stephanie was talking about her dad when they used to go. That was her last time going was over 30 years ago. Uh, so I was really leaning on her the whole trip of like, hey, what's this like? Or where's this at? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what a dumb question old. to ask. 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have been somewhere in 30 years. Yeah, <laughs> I'd never been. She had. Come on. I need answers. Um, but she said her dad used to, like, as soon as they'd start going, I was like, did you see that big boat going over top? I hope it doesn't hit the top or something. And, like, she'd be freaking out. And then, so we told our kids that story of him saying how, how ridiculous it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was cool. It was, it was fun to see their reactions to all the stuff they haven't seen and the ocean water yeah. and the magnitude of it is, it's always cool. So. That is cool. I'm glad you guys had a good trip and, um, I'm glad that was an, a positive experience. The putt-putt is interesting. You know what? That's my biggest gripe about this area right now. Not enough putt-putt. Well, we got shields in Fishersville. Um, we do. We still got one. Yeah. Right on 250. They don't show it's up on Google. For- been there forever um there's a par three course behind the building um yeah i don't i don't know uh there used to be one in waynesboro there that fast tracks has are. one yeah yeah but the there's like a mini golf place in charlottesville and it closes at five see, see when i was a kid joe in stanton we had putt putt golf in the blue building up on the hill uh kind of uh i vaguely remember out that. of if you were looking out of Walmart, you could see that building out there. Now it's a storage facility, yeah. and I actually am there all the time for that. But it used to be a putt-putt. And when you had your birthday there, that that was a Stanton birthday party classic. Like, you know, you see those things online. You like, you know you're from Stanton, if, and it's always like, I went to putt-putt uh, parties, like, up there. Like, it, it was it was awesome. It was indoor, and, uh, I mean, it, it was only – it wasn't that fancy. You know, you go to you go to Myrtle Beach and you go to Gatlinburg and you see like sure. these incredible situations. It was not that. But that that's what I don't we had need it to be fancy. Like I understand those places, you know, they're gonna get enough traffic to justify making it more of a, a theme thing. I'm just saying, like, it's just put something together. I, I'm amazed at the lack of putt putt. It's disappointing. I, I see. I don't like live putt putt. I like recorded putt putt. That's perfect. No, well, you're a fool. 
I know what you're doing, <laughs> and you're just trying to get under my skin. But I love putt putt. That's honestly I don't know the professionals <sighs> do it instead of Arlo. She said no. It was fun watching my kids play. It was a lot of fun. What I want to what I want to do is just get There's a group of friends together. Place. Harrisburg has a good place uh, where the driving range is right off the interstate. Oh, on 11, uh, right Milligan's or whatever it is. Yeah, the pup, it's actually a decent little course. Maybe. I don't know. I've never been there, I guess. Um, well, you know, you don't know about it, so you hate it and say it doesn't exist. Yeah, I, I got you. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I hate that I have to drive to I Harrisonburg, would... but I well, I guess that's what annoys me. Out. Like, when I'm looking for things to do to get me out of live concerts. What putt do you have in Winchester? Or Stephen City, or wherever you claim a, to be from. A mini golf course, yeah. It's also nice. A. Yeah, okay, I also so hate a. that there's a lack of mini golf up there, too. I think there needs to be more mini golf. Well, go live in a vacation city where people are, where they have them. I don't like do that's that. where Like, that's what I'm used to, is beach. Like, I can't go afford to the it. Beach, I can't afford to live at the, the beach. So, then um, you're not going to have mini golf. I, yeah, and I'm disappointed by it. That's um, good choices. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what I was saying is like, I'd like to get a group of, you know, some of my friends together before we all have kids and stuff and just do like a mini golf tour, like just hop around some of these local mini golf places and just partake and then have a tour champion at the end. Like, that seems fun. That's fun to me. That's what I want to do to get out of going to live music. You know what? If this is your goal for you and, and your other friends, I don't think, you know, meeting women and being married is going to be a problem. Like, I don't think that that's probably true. And right now it's also not a problem. So, yeah, that's fair. And I don't mind, you know, I don't mind the significant others coming along. That's not my opposition. It's just like, hey, I don't think there'll be anybody significant if this is a priority. No, they I, I'm telling you, you're making a joke and I get it. But I will say, like, I know at least one of them that would absolutely be down to go like. Not every weekend, like I want to, but, you know, like once a month or so, hopping around to a different mini golf course. Well, you need to go to Shields, and you need to go to the one in Harrisonburg. Like Shields and Harrisonburg. The Fast Tracks one's not good? You've never, you wouldn't recommend I play, Yeah, I, that's not the first one. But, like, I mean, there's, there's one right there for you. So, I, I don't know. You got two within a short driving range from you. Uh, and then Harrisonburg, you're by there all the time. Like, and that one's decent. Like that one's like a nice little setup. Yeah. There's a cliff you got to watch out for because my middle kid, when she was the youngest kid, putted her golf ball and it just went off the cliff and down in the water. And we're like, Oh, oh that's a shame. So then we're, the next one's going to hit and all she's just going after a ball and she ran off the cliff. And so we got a band aid and, uh, you know, got to, they got the first aid experience at that <laughs> golf course in Harrisonburg. So. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there's nothing wrong with mini golf on a date either. That's a fun date idea. It allows yeah, you to you, talk. It's better than bowling. I will say that from experience, recent experience. Bowling is not a great, bowling, unless it's a group one date on thing. one bowling. You're right. One on one bowling is not a good. Yeah. We le I learned because, that. I learned yeah, that. That's, that's not, like, bowling's a group thing. So yeah. you get like, a time but mini golf, you can do like, I talk when I'm putting, so it's not a big deal for me, but. Oh, I, I prefer noise and mm -hmm. conversation while I'm participating in the sport of golf. Yeah. Yeah. So I enjoy that. Like, that would be fun. Hotel you know, Green I, is great I, in Richmond, but it's in Richmond. It's a long drive. I, I'm picking on you about the other uh, mini golf. I mean, I like going, but like, I don't know how often I would go. I, like, oh, I but really you like the idea. Thing. You like the idea of like a competitive thing with a group of friends. 
yeah, now that I'm already married and have kids, I think like I could show that kind of interest. I think I got to be scared of that before that time. So. Uh, see, you got to be yourself, Leland. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, well, with that fun fact out of the way, that will wrap it up for us on the Yak Sports Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at YakSportsPod. You can also find us on Facebook by searching YakSportsPod or email us YakSportsPod at gmail.com. That's Yak, Y-A-C, SportsPod. Uh, Make sure you're following so you never miss our coverage of local sports. We will be doing more in-depth in the Valley. We talked to George Loss about it, and he covered it pretty extensively. So we'll hold off and wait till about that halfway point in the Valley League season. We'll come back and hit that hard next week. And then we'll also be talking a different Fun topic in the summer, other than my distaste for live music. Uh, Feel free to interact. What are your thoughts on live music? Am I right? Are there other people out there who like music but just aren't crazy about the live music? Uh, Let us know on Twitter, Facebook, or by email at yaksportspod at gmail.com. Until then, folks, thanks for listening to the Pod and have a great week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.